0: I just have a number of verses to, to read with you please in the Gospel of Mark uh, Gospel of Matthew, I beg your pardon, the Gospel of Matthew, if you have a Bible with you and chapter number 13, The Gospel of Matthew chapter number 13. we will just read from from the beginning of the chapter, Matthew 13 from verse 1, the same day when Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. So the Lord Jesus is speaking to a great multitude and among those are those who believe in him, but there's a large number of people who don't believe in him. And that's why he, he speaks this parable uh, that, that follows. Verse three, and he spake many things unto them in parables saying, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the foils came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold and some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. And then if we go to verse 18, we get the explanation of this parable. The Lord Jesus says, verse 18, Hear ye therefore the parable of a sower, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word and, with, and anon with joy receiveth it, yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, And when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, Which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now that's all that we'll read and we trust the Lord will bless uh, the reading of his precious word. Those of us who have the privilege of occasionally standing on a platform like this and preaching the gospel It's always our desire that the message that we preach is a message that is appropriate, a message that is helpful uh, to the audience that is listening. And as I considered uh, the gospel meeting this evening here in Ballyclare and I prayed to God as to, to what I should speak on, my mind was turned very definitely to the parable that we've read. And so I trust and pray that Just the simple thoughts that I leave with you is indeed helpful to somebody in the meeting who is yet in their sins. It's a very well-known parable, and yet there's a lot here, I believe, that uh, many of us, certainly myself included, I just read the parable and I skim skim right over some, some very significant things. There are really three things in this parable, three things that are mentioned. There is a sower, and there is seed, and then there is the soil. The sower, the seed, and the soil. And yet, what's remarkable, even though this is very much a gospel parable, and often gospel messages rightly so, focus on Christ and the great message of the gospel. What strikes me about the parable that the Lord Jesus Christ speaks here is that by far the majority of what he says is not about the sower, is not about the seed, it's about the soil. And as I look down at my audience, I would take it that the majority of people here are very familiar with the gospel message. You know the seed, the word of God, you've heard it many many times. But what we learn from this parable is this. Whether or not the seed takes root and grows depends on the soil. And dear friend, if you're in the meeting tonight and you're not saved, you will never be saved. The seed will never take root. There will never be harvest. There will never be growth. There will never be new, new life until you respond correctly to the message that is preached, to the seed that is sown. And so I want just simply, I will very much, I trust, emphasize as I go through the beautiful truths of the gospel and seek to present the Lord Jesus again in all his sufficiency and ability to save. But I want, my dear friends in the audience tonight, I want you to know that really you are the main subject of this parable. And I want for you as we look at these four soils to ask yourself, am I exhibiting some of the attributes of the soil that's being described? Do you know what's striking It's sad. There are four soils presented, four types of ground. And yet only one of them Is good ground. Only one of these soils receives the seed, and right there at the very service, we can see that those who accept the gospel are always in the minority. You might be sitting in the meeting tonight, and you've heard the gospel, as I say, for many times and over many years, and in the back of your mind, it has never been your intention. To reject the gospel, you always expect that one day you will become a Christian. I would say to you, this parable tells us that unless you're in earnest, sadly, it's very likely that you will remain like one of the three groins that never receives the seed. I think of the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, strive. You have to be earnest about it. Salvation doesn't fall into your lap. Yes, there's no working associated with it, but only people who really want to be saved are saved. The Lord Jesus said, strive to enter in. He said elsewhere that broad is the way, That leads to destruction, many there are that go thereby, but straight is the gate. Narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Do you know what's striking again about this parable? Whether or not life is produced or seen, it's not the fault of the sower. There are many good preachers who have stood at this platform. There's a not-so-good one standing here tonight. But I take comfort in this parable that it's not the fault of the sower. Provided he's faithful and seeks to cast out the seed. And thank God there is no fault in the seed. The word of God is presented in all its fullness. The Lord Jesus Christ in all his ability to save. I say it again, dear friend, whether or not you are saved depends on how you respond to the seed that is being cast forth. I want for us to think, as they say, about these four pieces of ground. Just very simply, very briefly, and then I'll sit down. I want to think, first of all, from the first ground we see that it's a ground of indifference. The ground of indifference. Apathy. The seed is cast onto this ground And the Bible tells us it doesn't, it doesn't even penetrate the the surface. It's just hard, unyielding, no interest. Do you know what's tragic? The vast majority of people that you speak out to on the streets, or if you go down into the city of Belfast, the vast majority of people are just indifferent to the message of the gospel. You know, it's tragic when you meet it out there. But it's so much more tragic to stand up here on a platform and to look into the faces of those who are sitting under the sound of the gospel who have heard it for years. And you can just see by their face that it means nothing to them. I hope there's nobody here like that tonight. I hope you appreciate the seriousness of the message that is being preached. or that each one of us are sinners in need of saving, deserving of God's eternal judgment. Oh, the, the cure for apathy, the cure for indifference is to grasp the seriousness of stepping out into eternity in your sins. Dear friend, again, let me ask you, just simply, does this soil describe you? Indifferent, careless, the good seed, not even getting in, doesn't even feature, you're not even thinking about it, you just want the meeting to be over. Dear friend, do you know what's very serious about this soil? Because the seed doesn't penetrate, it's just lying there on the surface. We read that very soon, it's taken away. If we were to read in the same parable in Luke's gospel, we see there the Lord Jesus adds an extra little detail. He says, the seed that falls by the wayside on that hard, resistant ground... He says it's trodden underfoot. There's many people who are careless and indifferent. They're just trotting underfoot, the message. Careless. No care. No concern. The sad thing is, if that's the way it is, if that's the way your heart is, you can be sure the devil will will make sure that any thoughts you might have will be taken away. Yes, there will be no growth, there will be no new life when that seed is on top and isn't allowed to go in. But you see, once the seed is removed, there's absolutely no hope of growth. Do you know I believe the Bible tells us that we're to preach the gospel to one and all. And no one is too far gone. We can say to you, whoever you are, whatever you've done, the gospel, the message of salvation, it's available to you. But I believe this tells us that there is a day for all those who reject the gospel when they reject it for the last time. And they never have a thought again, or they have their last opportunity, and they slip out into eternity, and the opportunity is gone forever. The grind of indifference. But then we see the next grind. I've just called this the grind of imitation. This is ground that looks pretty good on the surface. says here the Lord Jesus, the problem with this ground, it had not much earth. But there was earth on the surface. If you were to just look at this ground, you would say that's a good piece of soil. There'll be good growth there. The problem is below that little inch or so of of soil, it's just hard rock. And even though there seems to be an interest, and even though there seems to be a response, when the sun comes out, if you were to just take the light of inspection and examine this grind, there's no life because it has no root. Do you know what's tragic? Our gospel meetings are full of people who have grown up in very privileged circumstances. Parents saved. Friends saved. Heard the gospel their whole life. For all intents and purposes, they look saved. They act saved. Everything looks good on the surface. But underneath, there's just hardness. There's no root. There's no life. I wonder, does that describe someone in the meeting tonight? I'm just asking you kindly, friend. If everything looks good on the surface, but inside you just have a hard heart that is resistant to the gospel, Let me just ask you tonight to consider again the Lord Jesus. The response to indifference is to grasp the seriousness of sin. The response to this hardness of heart on the inside, I believe, is to grasp just something of the sufferings of the Saviour. Just to think again of the Lord Jesus and how upon the cross he hung there for you. Oh, it's essential that you recognize that you're a sinner in the sight of God, that you awaken up to eternal realities. But how precious to come from that point of realization of your sin and to recognize that there was one who suffered upon the center cross that you might never perish. Oh, there's many a hard heart has melted as they considered the person of Christ, and what he did for them upon the cross. Dear friend, in the meeting tonight, I say if this describes your heart, seemingly everything good on the outside, but only rock hard stoniness within. Consider again the precious person of our Lord Jesus. What he did that you might never perish. I hope and pray that your mind will be occupied with him this evening. That broken, that stony heart will be broken. As it were, that hard rocky ground will be ployed and the seed will get deep in. There will be the correct response. Tonight you would recognize your need. Turn from indifference. That you would recognize what Christ has done for you. Turn from that imitation, that just attempt to put on a good show. Deal with the hardness of the heart within you. Recognize what Christ has done for you. But we come then on to the third piece of ground the first was ground of indifference. Second, ground of imitation. I've just called this third one the ground of impoverishment. You might say that's that's a strange, that's a strange little heading to put in that ground. Well, the reason I've chosen that, that phrase is the Lord Jesus, when describing what this parable means, in verse 22 he says, the groin that where the thorns grew up, it says, the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. This groin describes a person who sees the allure of earth, who puts the wealth of the things of this life and estimates that as greater value than the eternal riches that can be found in Christ. And the result tragically is, even though they go after the things of this world, instead of neglect and and neglect the riches that they could have forever, the sad result is in the end they have nothing. Unfruitfulness. Unfruitfulness. Impoverishment. Do you know my mind went to a man in our Bible who sadly describes this grind to a T. In fact, sadly, he he was in the company that heard this parable, and that man was called Judas Iscariot. Do you know what sometimes said that man? says he sold his soul. Some would say he sold his soul for 30 pieces of silver. The things of this world were more important to him than the person of Christ. But you know, if you actually look at the story, that's not actually true. For you see, although he received 30 pieces of silver from the the high priests, the priests and scribes, When he recognized what he'd done, he went back to them and he cast that money before them on the temple floor. He went out and he killed himself. And so what he actually ended up with was nothing. Dear friend, that's just a little picture of the person who goes after the things of this world. Instead of the things of God. That's what they aim for. But in the end, they just have nothing. I wonder what it is, if this groin describes you. Again, I ask you gently, please examine your heart. Why have you not put your trust in the Savior yet? Are there things in this world that are higher up on the list of priorities for you than being right with God? As I said near the beginning of my message, most people I believe who are familiar with these things, most people intend to get saved at some point. But they always think that they'll They'll make the matter, they'll settle the matter, they'll be right with God further on down the line. And they say, I'll focus on my career. I'll focus on this next thing that I have. I'm too busy. I'll focus on my sin. I'll focus on my pleasure for a little bit longer. And they just put off and put off and put off. The issue of their soul. The things of this world, like thorns, are just choking them. And the sad result is, as the the Lord Jesus says here, the end result is poverty, unfruitfulness, nothing for the world to come. Dear friend, we implore you in Christ's name, Awaken to the fact that the things of Christ are the most important. And the issue of where you will be forever is the most important thing that you could consider tonight or any night. And if you go after the things of this earth, you'll just have nothing but disappointment. When talking about the ground of indifference, Really there I, I said about the importance of recognizing the seriousness of sin. And that's, that's a look inward. Speaking about the ground of imitation underneath which is just hardness. I spoke about considering the, the suffering of Christ. And that really is a look. A look backward. Here. The solution to being occupied with the things of earth is just to look forward and upward and to realize that ahead are far greater things than anything that you might dabble with here upon earth. Dear friend, or taste the joys that Christ can give, what can equal joy divine? What could sweeter be? the knowing that the soul is safe for all eternity, safe in the Lord without a doubt, by virtue of the blood, for nothing can the life destroy that's hid with Christ in God. Get your eyes above the empty things of this life. They'll only lead to disappointment and tragedy in the end. Lift your eyes. Consider Christ the exalted Son of God in glory, and recognize that if you put your trust in Him, you appreciate the seriousness of your sin, you understand something of the suffering of Christ. If you get your eye fixed on Christ in glory and recognize that He has returned to God's right hand, He is there in all his His ability to save, His willingness to save. And if you put your trust in him, well, then you'll be like the last grind. Grind of increase. There was one grind that was good. And when the seed fell, it was received. And it took root. And there was increase. Do you know, I, I just say this, I I think there's a lot more depth to this than I'll bring out, but I find it interesting that Lord Jesus says that in that last ground that there was, there was a difference in the response. Some of the ground, the good ground, brought forth a hundred times what was so. Some of the ground 50. Some of the ground 30. But the point is this. In each case, there was life. Now I see a good range of ages here. Maybe there are some here and you've heard the gospel for many, many years and your understanding of it is greater than some of the younger who are here in the meeting. Maybe you're here and you're young and you think, I'm too young to understand these things. What I think this little piece of information that the Lord Jesus gives us about this ground is this. Your understanding of the message might not be just as much as somebody else. But all God looks for is life. All God looks for is faith. And if you in your simplicity put your trust in his son and receive the seed, the word of God, You'll be saved. There'll be life, eternal life, growth. There will be that response, a variety of response. But in all cases, there's growth. Trust and pray if you're in one of these first three grounds, the grind of indifference, the grind of imitation, the grind of impoverishment. We trust and pray that tonight you would examine yourself Consider again what the Savior has done for you upon the cross. And that tonight your hard heart might be touched and you might become like the good grind, the grind of increase. And tonight you would put your trust in the Lord Jesus as your Savior and receive Him and receive forgiveness of sins. It could be yours tonight. Good grind. And pray that it might be so. Shall we pray? Our Father, we give thanks just for this time that we have had together. Considering this parable of our Lord Jesus Christ, how solemn and serious it is to consider that the vast majority of people who hear uh, the word of God reject it. We pray that there would not be some uh, in our company tonight who who would fit into those uh, first three grounds that are presented. We pray that each and every one would examine their hearts and would be found in the good ground tonight and receive the word with meekness, put their trust in thy son and receive forgiveness of sins. We know it could be so. We give thanks that there's no lack in the saviour. There's no lack in the seed. We just pray that the response might be appropriate, that faith might be exercised, that there would be some soul in the meeting tonight, just in simplicity, recognising their need of Christ, We put their trust in him and receive forgiveness of sins. We give thanks again for our time together, commend each and every one that is here uh, to thee, ask for safety as they make their way home and give thanks again for the Lord Jesus and what he has done for us. We pray these things in his precious name.